Episode 12 of Season 3 of the Three Amigos FBL Podcast. I'm your host Don and I'm joined as always by my amigo Mars. Kylie unfortunately isn't able to podcast tonight as she's just buying some wine, some red wine to give to the kids who are trick-or-treating tomorrow night. You can find us on our group account at Three Amigos FBL as well as individually at Kylie FBL, Mars05 and myself at The Marble Curse. On this week's show we're joined by the one and only Phil, better known as Hindu Monkey. Uh, Phil, you, we got to know you on an earlier in the season, getting to know you episode, but uh, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and where they can find you on social media. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I'm, uh, you know, particularly after uh, one of the, uh, the worst FPL weeks in my history and um, uh, at a time when Liverpool have just uh, somehow managed to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat against Arsenal. Uh, I'm, uh, as you said, Phil. You can find me at Hindu Monkey. Um, most people will know me for uh, the previous conductor of the now very much derailed Barnes train, uh, and um, I'm I'm here today to uh, to obviously obviously kind of join you guys and, and talk about the game week in general. Yeah, I know we we do love if we pick um, the game week where the where our managers come on and they have after having a record bad week or they're in a real slump. Nobody likes people who are just going to be coming on and a good game week where they'll just be talking about their own team the whole time, you know. Um, but um, as is our tradition, we begin a review of the previous game week with the best score. So this week it is me. Uh, so uh, my my game week summary basically goes like this: trick or treat, trick or treat. A captain's success is hard to beat. Thanks to Raz, I ended on a decent score as Marple's men secured a decent 54. So, uh, Marzi, follow that one up with uh, with your own with your own game week summary in home form. Uh, uh, if I were a good if I were a good FPL manager, even just for a game week, I would have rolled my free transfer and not get Webster in to score an own goal, and instead use Rico, who sits on my bench with five points. If I was a good FPL manager. I would have seed Sterling like the other guys. Instead, I went with Kun, and now I'm bleeding, bleeding, bleeding points. 37 flipping points. <laughs> that can't possibly fit into one tweet. No way in the world. That is a thread, and we specifically, we specifically told that you was you're a tweet. not allowed to do that. But I did a tweet. I actually put it on Twitter, and then I took it off. It was exactly the characters. But, I, you know, I, I, I cut off the words in shorthand. Yeah, I don't know. Don't this Beyonce, man. You must have changed them into Arabic um, lettering, and somehow do you manage to squeeze that into one tweet? I don't know how you would have managed don't, that. Don't this Beyonce and Leona Lewis, please. No one's uh, no one's dissing the artist. Just 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 that you broke the rules, Mars. No. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, how about yourself, Phil? Well, in fairness, I didn't really understand the rules or kind of what this is. So I Mars I, didn't either, mate. So. I, I just, I just wrote down a song lyric, which just basically summed up my my week, which which I will I will just sing to you, which was, "Cause I'm free, free falling," <laughs> and that, that that is it. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, at least you did put your back into that there. I'm I'm impressed by that. Fair play. Um, if someone's going to if uh, someone's going to sing on the pod, they have to give it their all. I also wrote down before I realised that I probably had to sing something. I don't know if you've ever seen Spinal Tap, 
Um, but just as a kind of ode to that of two word review shit sandwich. <laughs> yeah, shit sandwich. Uh, let's let's kick on quickly with the standings in the Three Amigos Classic League, and those these people are doing a lot better than us. Uh, top spot still is Zizetto's team, Georgi Boshnov's team, uh, three six three eight. And Georgi, you can reach out on Twitter at the Marble Curse and tell me how to pronounce your name properly, because no doubt I'm butchering it. But um, second spot up is CP Warriors, Rui de Oliveira's team. In third place, going down to third place, is Red Bull equals Ings. That's Killian Gubbins team. Um, coming up, we have two two um, new managers in our top five. That's Ayaya, that's Chan Ting's team. And in fifth spot is Salgon Foxes, that's Gav Brown's team. Um, so well done, all those. And um, best of luck for the rest of the season. Um, let's kick on with the rest of our show. And first up, of course, we have to come to Mars with his Mars's rant of the week. Um, after Liverpool's um, injury time winner for uh, Divock and the penalty shootout uh, win... That Mars, I don't know what the fuck happened there. Did you just crash? It was a new. Huh? What? What happened there? There was like a major sound as you came on there. Nothing from my side. It was. That may have been my cat, full disclosure. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear anything, so I don't know. All right. But by the way, it wasn't, a, it wasn't an injury time winner. It was an energy time equaliser. I know, I know, I know, I know. I said that wrong, but that's because I got distracted by that sound, whatever that is. <laughs> Maris, that's you getting out of the fucking taxi. I'm in the fucking car. You want to take a picture of myself in my car and I'm freezing. So hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hang on now. Next up on tonight's show, we, of course, have our Mars's rant where we allow Mars to unleash any of his fantasy angst that he has built up. But um, after Liverpool's stunning victory over Arsenal tonight, I can imagine he's going to be in great mood. Take it away, Mersey. Oh, they got divvied, didn't they? Brilliant. And what's his name? Keevan Keller? Yeah, hero. Well done, boys. Half of them are half my age, but it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, look, there's only one thing to rant about. FBO is a game. A game that we compete in. But you also need to stand up and applaud when somebody does a good move. So when we saw the score of Leicester beating Southampton 9-0, you know, naturally you go and applaud the Vardy owners. Now, there are some people out there who are like, oh, you got lucky, oh, blah, 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 doesn't matter. But what also annoys me are the Vardy owners waiting for someone to say congratulations. Guys, it's a game. We're competing against each other. I want to beat you, Don, and Monkey, and Kylie every week. But if you make a good move and a player does well, you congratulate them. But just move on, guys. Seriously, I mean, oh, I want congratulations because I had Vardy. Yeah, as if you saw 20-pointer coming. Now, to that point, 20-pointer game weeks from one player is what we is what FBL is all about. You remember when we had Aguero or when you had Sterling and he was captain, he got 44 points. Fantastic. So, of course, enjoy. You don't have to glow. Enjoy. Go, go mental. But don't wait for people to wish you well done. And also, those who don't have Vardy, don't hate. Just it happens. Shit happens. It's a game. Enjoy it. Some of us, Captain Aguero, for goodness sake. That's amen. Mars out. Amen. Amen. Yes. Uh, and next, next up on the show, we of course have our big topic of the week. Um, after that very, very um, 
quaint, what's the word for it, Mars? Uh, very apt um, rant of the week this week. Um, in this section of the show, of course, we put aside some time to discuss the topic featuring most, most prevalently in our Amigos inbox each week. And this week, it of course, is Leicester City. Um, as Mars mentioned there, they did explode with a 9-0 stomping of a 10-man and hapless Southampton team. Um, and managers are flocking even more rapidly to the transfer tab to pick up a fox for their FBL team. Uh, we had a bunch of different listener questions in. Um, Husky Nation was talking about their 24 rank, 24k overall, moving up the Amigos League. Uh, he has a bit of a um, dilemma, basically, with which which fox to bring into his team. He's definitely looking at Vardy, um, and we're looking at the upcoming fixtures, whether or not he is essential. Toby Wan Kenobi was asking about Trossard or or Perez for. Cho um, Perez has slowly gelled with the team and Trossard feels like a punt but it is Norwich and um, I can't believe we're talking about Perez again on our show Liam at FBL Beer Lover is talking about is it time to jump on the Vardy van and lots lost sheep 44 is also asking about the Leicester players and um, so come to you first um, come to you first Phil let us know what's your kind of thinking on Leicester statistically what's your thinking on how they look and is it really, is this kind of game just going to be one of these kind of blips on the radar or do you think this is a re- the real deal? Um, well, I think a little bit of both. There's no doubt that this game was an anomaly. Um, that They're not going to win 9-0 again for the rest of the season or, or indeed likely for another kind of 10 or kind of 20 seasons. And and, and the thing that stands out about Leicester is, is the fact that they've scored 14 goals in two games against 10 men and only 11 goals in the eight other matches that they've played against a full 11. So I think they're very good at playing against 10 men. Um, but unless we can kind of guarantee that people are going to get sent off when they play them, um, there's not really any kind of evidence to suggest that there's there's huge numbers of goals in this team. Um, now, there's a, there's a couple of caveats to that. I don't, don't want people to think for one minute I'm, I'm knocking Leicester or Leicester assets. I think Brendan Rodgers is a very good and shrewd manager. I actually think the way that he he played when Southampton went down to 10 men, similar to how they did with Newcastle, was, was absolutely ruthless and fantastic management, particularly his management of uh, Madison. Whilst frustrating from an FBL point of view, because I'm an owner and he was considerably deeper, but he was deeper in a very kind of high tempo conductor kind of kind of way he changed his tactics he didn't let his team let off how many times do you see a five nil halftime scoreline and the game ends five one six one or something for them to come out and basically play every bit as good and as attacking in the second half shows shows a lot of ruthlessness and a lot of ambition so i i would certainly want Leicester assets in my team uh, I, I felt that before the Southampton game uh, and I feel that kind of after the Southampton game particularly with a very good run of fixtures kind of coming up um, but I do think the game itself was a bit of an anomaly and there's some very good Leicester assets out there which I'm happy to delve into a little bit more detail into um, Chilwell, Madison mentioned Barnes, Tillemans, Vardy Perez, no, not even that. He's done nothing for eight games and he, he hits a hat-trick against someone with 10 men. I think you're you know, crazy if, you're, you know, if we suddenly kind of brought him back in from a naughty corner. But uh, a lot of other good good assets in that, in that team. Um, but I've got to put a big caveat about this mad rush to buy them straight away. Their next fixture is, is Crystal Palace away. And that is a tough 
a tough fixture. That's a much tougher fixture than Arsenal at home, despite what the FBL little colour code chart will have you believe. Palace have got the second best home. In fact, no, sorry, they've got the best home defence in the league. Um, they've only conceded um, three goals at home so far all season. Martin Kelly, the absolute 4.1 million rock, is is back to full fitness. He's conceded four goals in six games that he's played this season. Um, they don't give up a lot of chances. That that, that is a, that is a tough game. Um, so I accept that those those lads, their prices are you know they're sailing up. And if it's if people desperately need to get kind of Vardy or Madison kind of now or already have done, they're going to catch a nice rise on those players. But do I think Leicester are going to go this weekend and, and steamroll Crystal Palace? I'd I'd be I'd be absolutely shocked. Unless, of course, they go down to 10 men in the first few minutes. Yeah, no, I, I think so too. Uh, it's always tempting after a big win for um, they're definitely always the players that everyone wants to get in and avoid those price rises and missing out. But, uh, Marzi, tell, talk to us about the rest of those um, Leicester fixtures coming up. Um, how does their outlook yeah. compare? Everyone's going to be like, your, people are talking there about you know transferring out Cho from Chelsea or Arsenal players or like what players would you realistically be looking at if you were looking to ship them out that you'd get in Leicester players in their stead well look I, I, I agree with Phil by the way like about the game and it's as much uh, Leicester being good as Southampton were absolutely dreadful and awful right um, but Leicester are a good attacking team with good players at good prices so I understand why people are rushing to get them. I completely agree about the next game. However, if you look at the fixtures after that, Arsenal at home, Brighton away, Everton at home, Watford at home, Villa away, Norwich at home. I have to put Norwich in capital letters. Um, I mean, that is the triple captain <laughs> candidate if there was one. Um, and then you've got Man City and Liverpool. So until week 18, they actually have some amazing fixtures. For, ignore the green, red, yellow. I don't, I don't even look at that. You look at the defences they play in, the teams that they play in that are lacking confidence, like the Everton, the Watford, the Norwich. Uh, Arsenal can't defend, let's be honest. This game could end up like tonight, 5-5 or something stupid like that. So I definitely have plans to bring in Vardy. I think that you don't go over... Look, let, Leicester are a good team, but I wouldn't want to uh, uh, go three of their players and, and max out. Um, I just think that there is a lot better midfielders than their midfielders because actually there's too many Leicester midfielders. In, you know, you've got Madison Tillemans, Perez, uh, you've got Harvey Barnes, uh, O'Brien sometimes comes and uh, jumps in. So, you know, you've got to, as, as Phil said, ignore the Perez thingy against Southampton and look at the at the reality of it. Yeah, Madison comes in with a a seven-point or a ten-point or once in a while. But I do think Sterling, KDB, uh, Mane, Salah are much better options going forward and for the future. However, you look at Vardy, I think he's one of the best options out there. And the thing is, having Vardy allows you to have the strong midfield, allows you to have maybe uh, two big defenders, and allow, allows you to have a third good forward um, at a reasonable price, right? So you could have a Vardy, Abraham, and, uh, and a Jimenez, for example, or a Vardy, Abraham, and uh, Wilson, if you want to go that way. Um, now, their defence is also good, and with, with Soy, so, uh, Soyuncu, or Soy Sauce, as people like to call him, uh, I think you have a really good option for, for some... Looking at the teams they play in, they, they're hardly the highest scorers, you know? Um, Everton away are not firing all cylinders. Uh, you never know with Arsenal. Uh, OK, Brighton at home are quite strong, I'll give you that. Watford away, no. Uh, uh, Watford being away to Leicester. Then you've got um, 
Villa away. Villa at home could, but they're not going to score too many against this Leicester team. And then Norwich at home. I mean, Norwich can't buy a goal at the moment. So I think I think it's wise if you're on a wild card or not, or if you're looking to move funds from defence to go bigger. To look at somebody like uh, Soyuncu or uh, <laughs> a differential like Ben Chilwell, who's doing really well, he's a bit more expensive, but um, really low um, ownership and um, attacking returns, much more than so- Soyuncu will get you. Um, and then, obviously, you know, I think Vardy is a great option, and I think he's probably one of the best forwards right now on form. The thing with Vardy is, apart from this game, we used to laugh that Vardy never gets braces. He used to always be consistent in getting one goal each game. But He's got a hat-trick now. OK, fair enough. Let's see what happens. But I do think he will be one of the better options moving forward. And it, like I said, if you move for, for myself, for example, I've got Aguero. And my, my plan is <clears throat> after Southampton at home, um, hopefully Pep doesn't mess me about again, um, to move Aguero and bring Vardy in. And that, that gives me about two three million to play with somewhere else. Right. So that's like upgrading. A, I don't know. I'm not going to say Rico or Lundstrom, but maybe, uh, yeah. Webster to TAA, you know, so it's 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 about the combination again. We mentioned that before. It's who you're selling in combination of who you're getting to see if it works out or not. And I think that would work out. I mean, to be honest, I can't be doing with the headache with Aguero. I'm going to wait one more week and then he will go to, to Avadi. That's why I'm mentioning it, because I think if you have a premium like Aubameyang or Aguero or Kane and you're fed up with them and you want to spread the money somewhere else, Vardy is a great option that gives you more money. Yeah, good stuff. Um, two two quick points you did you did mention there. Um, that is the benefit, of course, of having a premium forward is that it's easier to downgrade than to Vardy. It's possibly harder to upgrade from, say, Abraham to Vardy, um, or something like that. So it's you know it it is the benefit of having that cash up front. But um, yeah, no, definitely good point. Um, next up, we'll move on to our listener questions. Um, and these ones we do, of course, cover the main quick fire. Um, first of all, we have here we go again. FBL Simon was basically mentioning about I forgot the early deadline last game week. Uh, missed doing Zinchenko to Bowley, then did it anyway on Saturday to avoid a price drop. Then Bowley now got injured. And my question is, for how many years do I have to pay, play this game before I stop making stupid mistakes? Uh, well, he, this is his eighth season. Um, I think it's probably number nine that will uh, sort that out for you, Simon. Um, and Jonathan Strack was asking about, and pose this one to you, actually, Phil, if you don't mind, um, because we've answered this a few times on the show, not Jonathan, but other people asking the same similar type question. Um, how much of a hit would you think um, it's necessary to decide to maybe wildcard rather than just taking a points hit? Would it be kind of minus eight or, or minus 12? Or what kind of what kind of points tally or how many changes do you look to make before you wildcard? Well, well, I've never taken a minus 12. I have to admit, I've taken a minus eight a, a kind of few times um, in my uh, uh, career, I suppose. Um, but um, it, I mean, it always kind of depends on circumstance. I think at this stage of the season, you know, what are we into week week 11 now, you've still got your wild card in your pocket and, and you're looking at a team, your team and you think, I need to take a minus 8 or a minus 12 here, you, you really should be using using your wild card. Um, it, it's something I've, I've, to be honest, thought of myself over the last few days and I'm, I've kind of in that slightly tricky position whereby I look at my squad and I think, yeah, okay, if I wild carded here, I'd want to change seven or eight players here and at least probably kind of three or four from the first 11. But I've just rolled a transfer. So I've got two, three, you know, all of my players 
apart from kind of Josh King, who I've already just kind of, you know, thrown to the Bournemouth garbage bin where, you know, he should have been consigned to him in the first place. Uh, I'll have really good fixtures this week. And, you know, kind of Pep Aguero gate aside, it's kind of like, well, actually, I could easily wildcard and the team I've just left kind of kind of score score more points. So so it is tricky and it is always kind of personal circumstances. I often find if, if your team's, it depends on the, the levels of, are they injured? Are they suspended? Or are they just kind of like a little bit out of form sort of stuff? And I remember a few years ago being forced into a wild card at about week four when I didn't want to, but um, it was, it might have been week five. It was after the first international break. I had no plans to use it, but came back after, in, after the international break and I had like four long injuries. And I was like, well, I'm not going to take a minus eight or a minus 12 at this stage. I'm just going to wild card. So, yeah, you know, I think it does It does depend. If you've got it in your back pocket at this stage, then I think you do need to use it if you're looking at that sort of hit. But certainly any more than a minus 12, I I think is, is, is slight mild insanity. Although... At this point, I'd probably like to kind of um, uh, reference a, a kind of friend of mine, um, uh, kind of Pedro Wilkie, who beat me this week despite taking a minus 32. So, you know, there you go. It can't I, be done. I was going to bring that one up, all right, because I did see that on uh, on Twitter. But I also noticed that yeah, you were listing basically, uh, as you said, about seven or eight players that you can't wait to get rid of from my team, from your team. And I have to say, when, when that happens with me, I generally do just go, I'm sick of looking at these bunch of losers and I get rid. But I 100% agree. I'm definitely on a bad game week. It's often exactly the wrong time to wildcard because you're selling players that you had in for a reason, even if they're having, having after having a bad game week. And all of a sudden, they could come back and bite you in the arse because there's a reason why you had them in there in the first place. Um, so yeah. good advice there. Um, Marzi, FBL crate digger John Smith Spurs was says uh, have already used my free transfer and contemplating at least three or four hits before next game week. <laughs> if I call that a maxi wildcard, does it make it okay? Of course it does. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is, you know what? Go for it. I mean, honestly, like look, it, it's, I have fun, and if you if you really hate those players and you use your wildcard, just just go for it to be honest like oh, I mean what the hell what? just go for it go mm-hmm. for it I'd, I'd rather have a team that I enjoy which is that, this is the annoying thing you know you're talking about players that you want to get rid of I actually really like my team and I was just talking to some guys about it like saying you know it could have been so different with Aguero with all the chances that he had and him missing a game it could have been a different story but hey ho I chose my team I like my team so whatever get a team that you like take the hits yeah, and you never know. That maxi wildcard could become a trademark thing of yours. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Like, like the Barnes trained <laughs> in for our monkey friend here. Uh, <laughs> Morpheus Fire um, was asking, keep Pookie for two more weeks or jettison for Connolly now to free up funds? Uh, so I'll give that one to you, Phil. And I should mention that I did get in Connolly a few weeks ago because he, as I mentioned before, he is our, him, he's a fellow Galway man of mine. So um, I definitely wanted to get him in. And he was on my bench this week, but I didn't really mind uh, forward like that. I don't really mind him sitting on my bench. Um, and he will rotate on and off for me. But uh, what's your thinking on Pookie, Phil? Uh, yeah, uh, you know, uh, uh, kind of a few points here. P- Pookie is, 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 a, is a real tricky one. Um, in the sense that uh, he, he obviously smashed up the first five game weeks and has um, 
done absolutely nada kind of since. The the thing I would say about Puki, I think if you've kept this long, so if you've kept through Manchester United, I think those who got off him two or three weeks ago are the real winners here. But um, you know, if you if you kept him through through Manchester United and, and you're now you, you've now got matches against Brighton and Watford at home to kind of come. It, it's kind of like, well, why did you keep him through through those those kind of tougher games? You know, you've already stomached a 0.2, 0.3 kind of loss in value. Because um, United are shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's a fair comment offensively, but, you know, defensively, we're, we're not shit. We don't give up a lot of chances. Um, um, you know, OK, we tend to let, you know, kind of players kind of score in the last kind of like 10 minutes just to kind of wipe out those, uh, you know, hordes of casuals who owned Wambasaka since the start of the season. But but generally Man United's defensive numbers are good. It wasn't it wasn't a, a great fixture for him. I, I, I held on to him and uh, and I'm still gonna hold on to him. And the, the reason the reason I am is, is, is a kind of strange type of logic in that Norwich as a team are playing are playing poorly and and that may worry some people but to me as an FBR manager I'm much more worried when a team is playing well and the asset that I own within it is playing very poorly. Because then I'm kind of like... And so, for example, Pires would have been a good example at the start of this season. When when Leicester, I felt, were kind of playing quite well. And I looked at the games and I was like, Pires is just not involved. He just looks garbage. He looks he looks out of form. He looks low on confidence. He doesn't look like he knows what he's doing with his position. I don't, I don't see any of that in Puki. I see an entire Norwich team who are currently in a rut. Now, you know... They could well carry on in that type of form for the whole rest of the season and go down with a record number of points. Who knows? But, you know, they're going to have to put up a fight. They're going to have to win games. And they're going to have to win the games against the likes of Brighton and Watford. And I just think if Norwich can turn that corner, and it is an if, then Pukki is still a player that's going to be kind of central to that. So I'd compare it to... um, uh, I wanted to bring in kind of Tammy Abraham at this point, who, who I've got a bit of a bugbear with in the sense that he's become a bit of a kind of almost immune to kind of criticism in the FBL community despite being absolutely awful for the last kind of five game weeks um he he scored one goal in that time his price has risen 0.6 million over the past five weeks he's still bringing in owners rather than shedding them and Chelsea are playing wonderful attacking football are playing with reckless abandon He's missed six big chances during this time, countless other chances. His conversion rates have, have gone down. His accuracy has gone down. As I said, he, he scored one goal in, in the last five game weeks. There's only one more than obviously Pukki. Dominic Calvert-Lewin has scored two goals in the last five game weeks. Moussa at Sheffield United has scored three goals in the last five game weeks. Chris Wood has scored four goals mm-hmm. in the last five game weeks. None of these players have risen in price. In fact, two of them went down during that period. Yet Tammy Abraham has inexplicably gone up 0.6 million despite being garbage for the last five weeks. Now, there's a lot of potential there with Chelsea. So, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, get rid of Tammy Abraham or don't buy him. I'm just saying I find it a bit of curious in terms of the kind of mindset of kind of FBL managers of how we view kind of certain players. So, so for me, I would, I would keep Pookie for two more game weeks and then I would get rid of him probably during the international break um, unless he, you know, smashes four or five goals in the next two weeks. Connolly, I think, is a very good replacement. Um, I would personally favour uh, Mupai. Um, pronunciation unclear on, on that one. <laughs> so, more, um, more we're, very stri- we're, very, we're very strict on pronunciation <laughs> in this, in this podcast. Uh, 
Um, uh, Can we re- rewind, please? <laughs> <laughs> my my only issue with Connolly is is because of his price. I, I think, and I, I think it's a slight rotation risk. I think Trossard comes back into that team at some point, and he comes in for either him or, or, or Gross in some capacity. I think that's the current front three, and I think Trossard has a part to play in that. I think he's too good not to start playing an integral role in that Brighton team now he's fully fit again. I think Connolly is probably the best eighth attacker out there at the moment but if you bring him in as your seventh attacker I think it is a little bit of a risk because if you're downgrading someone and think woohoo look at what I can do with this money and you're not really kind of doing that much with him and then suddenly he gets dropped and he's getting you one point off the bench or he doesn't play at all and you, you suddenly you know you're getting Gwen Ducey or, or kind of someone or Dendonka kind of doing nothing or Greenwood for people who somehow still own him um you know, it's. It, I think. I think. I think. I think that's the only kind of caveat I would place on people kind of, kind of buying buying kind of Connolly right now. I think brilliant as a as a as an eighth attacker or in a well balanced team. But if you're if you're looking to play him week in week out and you know kind of bank that spare change, I, I think it's a bit of a risk. So you pretty much answered actually Dart Moon's um Dart Moon eighty one's question. He was wondering about is it Connolly time, and he's looking at that same kind of situation whereby he could actually switch formations, save up the money, and play him in the plum fixtures. Um, and I echo your thoughts on on him. I'd be wary of doing that. I brought him in, and I planned on using him as part of a rotation. I don't really plan on and maybe even just having him on my bench to be honest with you and then he might get on for a lucky substitute in if somebody doesn't play but um, I think if you're banking on him week in week out could be a risky one on that one especially if you're doing a formation change to kind of fit him in um, well let's see Flapjack FPL was also asking um, Hindu monkey prevented me from getting wood how does that make you feel are we still talking about FPL here just just <laughs> check it out I think, right. I think anyone else is welcome to answer that question. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, FBL Stew was also asking um, Barnes train question, Ashley or Harvey? What do you think? That's again you, Phil, because you'll always have to answer every Barnes question uh, we ever have on the pod when you're on. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I understand that. I've um, yeah. Um, uh, just quickly on, on on kind of wood. I, I want. I, I was. I'm really, you know, this is, you know, not to sound like Captain Hindsight here, but um, I and initially when I when I first kind of did the whole kind of Barnes train prediction, I, I, did, I met, met, there's someone who I work with who, who, who held Chris Wood and will 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 back me up on this um, if need be. He probably won't because he's so angry about how much I mocked him for the initial failure to get on the Barnes train. But anyway, I I, I said right at the start of the season, I said I think Ashley Barnes is the best the best sub. You know, sub 6.5 million striker for the first four game weeks, but actually after that, I think I think Chris Wood is a better is a better for the next four, just because of the type of games that Chris Wood tends to score in and the type of games that Ashley Barnes tends to score in. I thought Barnes would score well, and then Wood. And you know what? I, I just of all the kind of regrets we have as FBL managers, I wish I'd, I just had the power of my convictions and after game week five to do. Like having built up that movement to just say on Twitter, you know what, I'm now going to get Chris Wood in for the next four four game weeks. And people would have thought I was an absolute soothsayer. But of course, I couldn't do that because the Barnes train was then in full full steam ahead. So I had to kind of keep riding it to its kind of inevitable and kind of sad conclusion where it's now careered off a cliff and is slowly crashing out of sight. But but yeah, those who, those who did buy Chris Wood around about that time, you know, you know, good good for you i think he's a really good option still going forward um yeah. he's, obviously, he's obviously injured now a little bit but 
I still have faith that a, a, a Burnley striker will will get back in my team again, and I, I do want to kind of carry on with my pledge if the double game week's align of triple captaining Ashley Barnes kind of later on in the season. So, so watch this space on that one. Um, but to go back to um, the original question about Harvey Barnes, uh, I, I think he's a I think he's a really good asset. Um, I've, I've had a look at his stats. He's he certainly passed the the eye test to me. He's a real busy player, um, sort of player that n- not dissimilar to Ashley Barnes that, that you kind of like to watch. He's always involved. He's he's aggressive. He's always on the front foot. He looks like someone who just likes playing football. Um, you know, a kind of you know anti Philippe Anderson or someone who, you know, looks like he's you know, you know it's the last place he'd rather be at times. He, you know, he looks really interested. His his numbers. I looked into his numbers the past four game weeks. You know, he's creating a chance every 28 minutes. He obviously has four assists in that time. He's firing off a shot every 30 minutes, three per match. Um, he's 17 touches in the, in the penalty area. He's dribbling three or four matches uh, successfully, um, three or four successful dribbles every match. I, I honestly think he's, he's arguably the best sub-6 million option currently currently in the game with, with McGinn and the kind of... Um, Kind of Villa boys coming into an awful run of fixtures, kind of coming up. Um, Trossard, I, I really like the look of, but obviously just coming back from injury and not quite sure where he's fitting into that Brighton team. But but Harvey Barnes, he's playing, he's starting, he's involved, he creates a lot of chances. I, I think he's a really, a really fantastic, um, fantastic option there. Um, although I suppose the kind of final thing I would say is that um, just to echo Mars's uh, thoughts, I, which I, which is a point I thought he made really well earlier about those Leicester midfielders there are so many of them they, they lack a talisman figure in there I think Vardy probably still is the talisman but um, you know there isn't one or two players there that are going to hoover at that point it does look as if they are going to kind of spread those points about so I would I would probably pick one Leicester mid and kind of own that player as, as kind of what I've done with Madison and I'm just like I'm just going to leave him in there Barring injury or suspension, he's staying in there. But if you don't have a Leicester mid um, and you don't have as much in the bank as, as others, I, I think Harvey Barnes is a terrific option. Brilliant stuff. Yeah, no, 100% agree on all them. Um, FBL Dave um, from FBL Beer Club, he's going to get a shout out now. So he wildcarded game week three and scored 29 points. He was annoyed, so he spent 16 points and burned triple capped in the next two weeks and plummeted 3.75 mil. And in the last five weeks, he's climbed 3.7 million places. Um, I, he demands an honorary mention, and you have got one now. I have to see that um, the the evidence of that um, of that on the on Twitter. Yeah, so you'll have, you'll have, you'll have, did you see it? Did you? No, no, it's that it's that it's that Dave from Burnley. It's, no, it's know, not Dave. It's was not the, Dave from no, Burnley. No, that's not him. Yes, it, it is. Is what the hell so he changed his handle, did he? Yes, he got he got he got um he got um yeah suspended or something like that because of politics political arguments. Did he? Not even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he got. He oh, had, I totally he missed out. that. It's, oh, it's, 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 Dave. This is this is why I said to him, we'll only give him a shout out if he sends us a picture of him smiling because I will, I was uh, call him the grumpy old git or grog. And then he sends me a picture of when Burnley won last, like in the nineteen twenty. 
fifties or something like that. Look at the picture. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, I didn't know it was our Dave though. I didn't know yeah, it was Grumpy our, Dave. It Grumpy Dave, Dave yeah. as you're calling him. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, no, uh, fair play, Dave. You've got your mention anyway. Um, Dan Moon. That's the question, the Connolly one. So we covered that one off a minute ago. Um, FBL Pharaoh was asking, do you think uh, Marzi Baby? I'll give this one to you. Do you think Salah will have a great season again, or is it a will it be a setback as it happens to many players? And how many premium players would you build your team around if on wildcard? So a couple of questions there for you. I think people are still waiting for Salah to have a bad season. So I think so too. It's hilarious. And I think I they mean, will be waiting for it for a while. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he, so first season they said he was lucky. Second season he won the, the golden boot. So, yeah, maybe third time lucky. Let's see. I mean, he's still scoring. So, really, it doesn't matter. Uh, premium players. That's a really good question. So, I started the season and I said, you know, I started with four premium players because I had uh, a premium forward. And three, um, the Salah, uh, I had Salah Sterling and, uh, and KDB. Um, and I, I do think, I do think like, you know, now looking at the players and everything, now if, if, when our wildcard, which will be either next week or, the, or after the international break, it'll probably be three premium players. I think, and that includes, so we include KDB in this, uh, but it's interesting. We're including KDB, but we're not including Vardy, yet they're the same price. So if you do include Vardy, it's four, but if we say, it, it, KDB counts as a premium. He's just been priced wrong. So I think three players. So, you know, you have the Sterling and KDB, which most people have, and you can have like a Salah or a Mane. Um, because that still allows you to have a TAA, still allows you to have a Vardy, etc. I think three is, is, is great. I, I just, you know, I was a big advocate of premium forwards, and I, and I still love the idea to go back to them. But Aubameyang, Kane and Aguero are just not delivering enough for their price where you can just get money somewhere else and upgrade those those players, you know, upgrade a Cho or a, or a McGinn or, or, or like a Soy to Trent, etc. Upgrade those players to players that are firing. And there's a lot of players right now, especially in midfield, who are also playing out of position, you know, like Martial, if he actually gets two games without being injured. Um and uh, yeah, there's there, there's so many options that I think you can spread the money about, and you don't actually, and maybe you can go with that a premium forward for now, and then reassess in January because essentially the cream rises to the top, and the premium forwards will deliver again. It's just right now it's so inconsistent that you can save the money and go somewhere else. So three is the answer. No, good stuff. Can I just, um, uh, can I just jump in on the on the Vardy? question there just just in terms of because I think uh, you, you kind of glossed over it there but I think it's a very interesting point in terms of whether if you're getting Vardy whether he is your kind of third premium or, or, or whether he is kind of in, in addition to that because because I think if he, he's an awkward price point Vardy and and if he's your fourth then so, so say you've got Sterling KDB Salah and Vardy that's a lot of cash which, which means that you're likely not to kind of have as good a kind of midfield. As, I don't think you're, you're not going to be able to afford a kind of, uh, you know, a kind of Madison and Abraham kind of alongside that, alongside a big defence as well, or like TAA. Or I, think you can, I think you can. If you, no, uh, listen, so right now, I think, right now I, I was looking at a team where you can have Salah, I'm keeping Salah Sterling KDB. Mm-hmm. I would have... Uh, it's 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 a t- Abraham I have and I'm probably keeping so Vardy comes in right and then really it's a toss up though I want a third so a Jimenez with a, a, a Torore or a McTominay or whatever as a, as as your fourth mid so you play uh, f- three four three um, or um, 
go with um, Martial and Connolly. So you can. You actually can. And that's why, like, I think Vardy is priced... He's an awkward price, absolutely, because there's not money in his... But Vardy could be that... Is 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 this that you're taking too long? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. We're having a discussion. You go back to your little toy. <laughs> so I think I think that here's the good thing about Vardy. Vardy allows you to jump to a premium maybe with two moves, whereas that the rest might you know the rest can't. Or, or more difficult to. You know? That's that's my point with Vardy. Yeah, but you're still you're still down you're still downgrading. You've mentioned there Connolly or or, or, or McTominay. You're, you're basically having Vardy plus a kind of five mil. Vardy plus Abraham plus a. So yeah, listen. You always have to sacrifice something. I've always said that. You so with that team, by the way, you can only have to, uh, at the moment. I only look at Trent as my only big defender. But to be honest, not uh, I've seen this discussion on Twitter. We've discussed it a lot a lot of the time. Not many defenders are delivering. So you could have a. Go away, Don. <laughs> I'm not making a case of defence. I'm, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm making a case more for. I think that there, there's, but, uh, you know, you know, Vardy's a good option. I'm just saying he's he's he, he's that awkward price point. And and would I I would probably if I was going to get him, considering the the. Uh, the dearth of premium strikers in the sense that obviously Aguero, whilst we know is brilliant, has been screwed by Pep. Um, yeah. uh, you know, obviously Jesus, Aubameyang, Kane, I mean, you know, doesn't even know where the real Harry Kane is these days. You know, Vardy could, could well fulfil that role and then you've got, if, if you were to sacrifice one of the kind of Salad slash Mane, Kane, uh, sorry, KDB and Sterling kind of triumphant across the middle, um, then you've 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 got a lot of options to really bulk up a team and have Vardy as this kind of third premium and upgrade so many kind of positions from that kind of like two or three million that you're saving on those on those other players. Because if you if you go if you go with say Salah, Sterling, and KDB in the middle, if you, but, you know you've only got room for one more midfielder, which which let's be honest is going to be Mason Mount. I mean, if has anyone not got Mason Mount as their third or fourth mid at this point? Um, you know, I don't. I don't have him yet. I don't I have him either. Don't, I don't plan on <laughs> have. I don't plan on having him just because. I mean, at the moment, I went for Cho, but we'll discuss that later. Yeah. And uh, on my wild card, I'd probably rather somebody like Martial, who's an out of uh, out of position um, striker, um, over yeah. a Matt right now. Right now, over Matt. The guy. The guy starts every game. He's on mm-hmm. every. Mount most likely will be our Riyad Mahrez of this season because yeah. we'll probably hold I just off feel like hold I off. The, I've got Abraham and I'm happy with what I don't want to double up so if I sell Abraham then maybe I'll go to Mount but right now I'm sticking with Abraham I, I know what you're saying about him missing chances but I think like you said about Puki, I think Abraham is is in a team that he's getting the chances I'm, I'm encouraged by him and I think he will get chances so let's see about Missing him because he's rubbish. Ah, harsh. But <laughs> <laughs> well, Mount hasn't scored in three or something. He got an assist, but you know, like, let's see. I mean, listen, they both good players, and, and this is not a Mount versus Abraham discussion or whatever. Mount is good or not, but uh, if you ask me right now, would I rather force a fourth midfielder that is, uh, uh, you know, a Martial Madison versus a Mount? Personally, I think it's a 
it's it's not a given that it's Mount. Maybe mm. based on percentages it is, but ownership maybe, but not on uh, on potential of points. Good stuff, come here guys. We'll we'll wrap that up there, and we might take it over to Twitter after the pod. We can discuss it more over there. But uh, listen, Murphy's Law was actually talking about the wild card again. Any advice um, apart from playing it before game week nineteen? And I think we covered that off a good bit there in terms of the kind of the way to build the squad. Um, in terms of premiums and building around it from there. Um, also, Marzi, wondering about when will we know the Liverpool versus West Ham fixture? Do you have any knowledge on that, or is that just a wait and see? No idea, but Klopp, <laughs> Klopp basically, basically they said to Klopp that because we just um, progressed to the quarterfinals, we might have to play in the winter break. And he went, I don't care if we don't play the quarterfinal, we're not playing in the winter break. <laughs> <laughs> I love the guy. I, lo- I, I love your guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah, we don't know. Look, there's even going to be more congestion now because the fix, the quarterfinal fixture of the Carling Cup of the Caboero Cup, whatever it's called now, um, is actually when when Liverpool are in Japan playing in the World uh, in Qatar playing the, the World Club Cup competition. So now mm. that's West Ham game plus the Carling Cup game. So God knows what we're playing. So anyway, yeah, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I heard that it could be in. January, but I have no idea. Honestly, I don't. What um, are Liverpool fans playing all these big games? Sorry, say that again. I didn't hear that. I said, what a hardship for you, Liverpool fans. Isn't it? I don't exactly, these, exactly. What a hardship. Yeah, I love it. I love right. it. Absolutely love it. Um, I think, I think, I think Ben Krellin, as ever, is going to be the person to kind of follow who will break yeah. the news first. Yeah. I think he's mooted that that fixture is going to come in just almost kind of I think just before the kind of um, just yeah yeah I've, I've got no idea actually just just <laughs> some more yeah, it's probably um, I think it's just one it's one of them things that's a bit too far <laughs> off to really plan at this point anyway and just kind of wait and see you'll have enough you'll have enough game weeks to kind of plan around when we do find that out um, the last of our listener questions as is our tradition is a random question from Jeff at FBL Thunder um, in each of our opinions, who is the greatest Australian in history and the worst? So I'll come to you first, Phil. Um, what's what's your thinking on the greatest and the worst Australians in history? Steve Irwin for the greatest. Uh, you stole that. You stole that from me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, kind of great minds, Don. I mean, there is there is no doubt that this man put Australia on the map. As, as far as I'm concerned, um, uh, uh, a wonderful human being, tragically taken from us too early. Uh, and obviously, I was never going to say Hugh Jackman. Um, and in terms of the in terms of the worst, um, you know, so many, so many cricketers to choose from. How does one, you know, one rise from that crop of excrement? Um, I would I would probably say David Warner just on account of having the most punchable face and also seems to have seems to have no kind of remorse for kind of his actions in a way that kind of at least Steve Smith had the uh, you know had the, you know the decency to look guilty about what he'd done um, whereas Warner just looked a bit pissed off that he got caught um, you know and he's just an all round bit of a bastard really so I think yeah I think Warner would, would be my would be my choice there a, a bit of a bastard and um, how about yourself Mersey tell us your um, greatest and worst Australian history and be careful in who you say the, ans- the answer to both is Kylie you choose which is which one is Kylie Minogue <laughs> and one is our Kylie no I'm joking um, 
Um, actually, Harry Kuehl, because he got injured at the halftime for 2005, allowed Didi Hamman, well, or he got injured or shit, whatever, allowed Didi Hamman to come on and win the cup. So for me, Harry Kuehl is the is the best Australian. Um, I don't know enough Australians to tell you who's a bad one, but yeah, I'll go with the cricketer as well, whichever one you guys choose. Because I'm not gonna, I'm not brave enough to say Kylie. <laughs> Yeah, I would definitely be on um I definitely be on Kylie as the as the greatest Australian in history. The worst I don't really know enough um Which Kylie? Really know, oh no, it's 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 Kylie Minogue of course. Oh, okay, okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna pay for that joke. You know one of these things when you make a joke and you go, Yeah, no, it's funny at the time, but you'll pay for it ten <laughs> times over afterwards. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm really sorry, Kylie. It is, of course, our Kylie that's the greatest Australian in history. And there are no bad Australians in history. So um, so that's my answer on that one because I don't know enough cricketers. Um, so uh, that's that's my answer, I'm afraid. Um, let's oh, wait, finish. wait. There's plenty of Neighbours actors that we can choose to be the worst. Jason sure. Donovan. Kylie was a Neighbours actor. Yeah, yeah but, but at, least she, at least she's good looking. Was, is, Rockman. whatever. Russell Crowe. There's too many of them in Neighbours. Is Russell Crowe? Is Russell Crowe? I thought he. I thought he was actually New Zealander. That's how bad an Australian I thought he was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, we move on. We move on. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's go on. What was that, Phil? But you can't say that. I'm from New Zealand. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> oh, I totally put. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, our game week plans and captain pick let's move swiftly on before you dial off the call uh, <laughs> this is our plans as they stand for the coming game week and also we cover off our captain picks so I come to you first Phil as our guest um, so in terms of my captain this week I, I think I think I'm probably going to avoid avoid Aguero uh, I've been burnt burnt obviously twice as has as, as obviously been kind of well documented, had a bit of a mini meltdown whilst on holiday, uh, which, uh, you know, Twitter, Twitter community members no doubt saw. Not, not my proudest moment as a kind of community, but I, I, I think I don't think I can kind of go down there again. I, but at the same time, I can't I can't take Aguero out. So I've um, I'm, I'm going to leave him in, but I'm probably going to put my armband on someone else. And it's got to be a city asset at the end of the day, home to a team that just been beaten 9-0. They've got a poor defence anyway. Um, it's it's, it's going to have to be a City asset. So my only other City asset at the moment is Kevin De Bruyne. So that was going to be my initial plan to just stick the armband on there. But with my two free transfers, I've used one already to, to get rid of Josh King and bring in, uh, bring in Mupai at Brighton. But with my other one, I am mulling over taking out Salah uh, and, and bringing in Sterling for a kind of short-term punt and, and putting the armband on him now you know this this would be a big moment for me because I've not I've not removed Salah from my team as 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 I've said before since since he first really kind of broke in since game week three or four of his first season he's he's played every single game week for me um so it'd be a big moment to take him out um but just a few concerns about his obviously his ankle um Villa away, it's a decent fixture, but it's it's not a great fixture. You know, Mings is playing well. They've got a, you know, they've, they've tightened up a little bit of the back. Um, they kind of lose their way the last kind of 10, 15 minutes of a match on times, but Salah might well be taken off by then. So because I've got my wild card in my back pocket, and I plan to use it over the next couple of weeks, probably over the international break, I think I can probably get away with, with doing Salah out. 
and Sterling in and putting the and putting the and putting the armband on Sterling. I it, think it'd it'd be a sad thing though if you did that though because I think and mind you I haven't said that it's one of those things that you probably need to do at some point um, so you could just rip the band aid off and then not have to worry about that record then from then on. Um, yeah, but, uh, I, I, it it seems yeah it, it I I find it I find it very hard to believe that Sterling won't start and won't score this game week and he's going to be so well owned and having just suffered you know it's almost a bit of gambler's remorse having just suffered you know well math i've gone i've gone from 50k to 450k in three weeks uh i really need a kind of green arrow again or at least not a massive red which is what i've had mm. three times in a row and i just I'm not even owning sterling this week when he's going to be captained by you know over half of the people above me it seems like too too big a risk to take, and um, you know runs the danger of, of my season kind of uh, you know horribly unraveling. So yeah. I think I'm probably going to do that, but I'm not fully decided yet. Um, I'm I'm going to wait until the last minute. Um, I don't think I'm going to make another transfer. I'll probably just roll it if not. So I've got two for the next thing. Um, the City Liverpool game immediately afterwards complicates things a little bit. But uh, is that game at Anfield or is it at the Etihad? That'll be in Anfield, I think. Anfield, yeah. Anfield. Yeah. yeah, I mean, how do you, how do you boys rate your chances in that game? You know, because I think attacking wise, I think we've all the chances in the world. Um, but um, defensively, I wouldn't really fancy much chance of a clean sheet. I think it'll be a high enough scoring game. Is what I'd uh, envision. I don't know you, Mersey. I don't do predictions. <laughs> He's it so would be like, a tough game. I think he, re- game he really thinks. Um, no, Phil, Phil, he thinks. Uh, <laughs> he thinks when he says something that it affects the outcome of the game. No, I don't. I just, he, I've never done predictions. I've always yeah, said yeah. it's. A, I never do predictions. This is look, going to be a tougher game. This is going to be a lot. Yeah, no, I can. I can literally read the tweet for you, Mars. Okay, um, this is going to be a lot tougher game than some people giving them credit for. <laughs> bring home the three points, boys. <laughs> no, because we're playing at home, so it's not bring home the three points, and it's nobody either. will give nobody will give City less credit. In fact, City will probably be favourites, but it will yeah. be something along the lines tough. Well, I'll just that with their defence. <laughs> you know, honestly, the state of your tweets leading up to the Man United game, I was embarrassed to you. I mean, not as embarrassed as I then was by Liverpool's performance in that match, but you know. Oh, stop! Stop! <laughs> it was always going to happen. Yeah, it was always going to happen indeed. Uh, the my own plans for the game week, I have already made my two free transfers. So um, Alonso and who else? Wickham are out of my team. Uh, he, Wickham was of course taking up that third bench spot for the whole, and I say third purposely there. Um, for the whole season, but um, and coming in is Jimenez, who I'm taking a little bit of a punt on, um, and soy sauce in defence. So um, I had why, 1.2 uh, in the uh, bank. Why have you thrown a Why have you thrown Golonzo aside? Is you know? I thrown him out because I I felt a little bit lucky after my clean sheet got bagged when he was taken off after 63 minutes the last day, and I can see a little bit more rotation coming in. Um, now for him um, I'm just kind of a little bit I, I have already Abraham and I'm not that keen on the on the Chelsea defence I've gotten a good few points out of Alonso and I think it's time for me to move on a little bit and invest a little bit more up front um, Jimenez um, will allow me if once I have the money invested in him to make a move a little bit easier because I had just uh, it was just Abraham Connolly and Wickham up front so it was a bit of a shitty um, front line so this way it'll, it just readdresses the balance of the team a little bit for me. So um, I'm happy enough with it. 
Um, but uh, captain is on Sterling this game week, no, no doubt about it. I think, um, as you mentioned, I think he will be captained by pretty much everyone who owns him. Um, and uh, so I think it's it is pretty much the, sh- the sword and shield kind of captain pick for the game week. But uh, Mersey. Mersey, yeah, you, um, that's what I'm about to come to. So um, you let me know what's your. Uh, you've already made your two free transfers as well. Um, yeah, let, and let Aguero will be my cap. Aguero will be my captain. Whatever, last yeah. game. So whatever he does, you know. Uh, yeah, I think I think Aguero plays. I think Jesus plays against Atlanta, and then Aguero plays against Liverpool. Let's see if I guess if I double guess. Mr. Guardiola, right? But anyway, Aguero staying. Aguero's going to be captain. Whatever. Like, yeah. Shit, shit, <laughs> shit happens. You sound, <laughs> not... you sound nervous already and it's only... No, uh, no, it's only... no, no. Honestly, I have Sterling. I have KDB. So if they both bang, fine. And this is what happened this, this week. They, they both scored. Aguero didn't. And it was not a great week. But whatever. I'm still sticking with Aguero's captain. You know, we just said they, yeah. they lost 9-0 and... Blah blah blah, whatever, and uh, yeah, and then uh, yeah, I've already made my moves as well, so uh, I've had enough of the pookie party, and I, I, I'm eating more pie, and uh, I actually went with uh, uh, Cho, uh, Cho 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 Train. Um, I I think I, I like the guy, I like the player, I, even if he comes on, it's alright. I'm happy with my subs if 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 he doesn't play. I know Pulisic just scored a hat trick and. Obviously, there's there's too many options in that Chelsea midfield, but I am playing wildcard either the week after or after the international break. So it's a short term move. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, I just uh, yeah, Cantwell basically Cantwell went. I was fed up with with Puky and Cantwell. However, however, I might be returning to the Puky party for one night on a Friday night against Watford at home. To be seen. I don't know. I might just do some craziness and decide to bring Puky back for that night because, yeah. as Phil said. If they're going to turn it around, it's a six-pointer against Watford. And I want to be part part of that party, short term. Yeah, I um, I kept Cantwell for similar reasons, but also, as I was mentioning to you in our WhatsApp, is I find it hard to see um, a, a fifth midfielder that you're going to have at his price. Um, I've earned a little bit of money on him. Um, I could sell him, and I have a feeling he's going to price. He's going to drop in price. But I just think for his attacking returns, he will return every so often, and he's literally as cheap mm. as you're going to get. Did you watch? Did field. you watch the Norwich game? I you realise he had the worst 45 of minutes of his life. He was at fault for what? But at I, least one I, of the he's goals. He's not going to get dropped though. He's yeah, like, he he's one of their he better is. players. Nah, not, he's not. I mean, listen, I'm no Norwich fan, and I'm not, you know, but um, this guy that came and scored. He's just back from injury, and apparently he's twice the player Cantwell is. And listen, Todd Cantwell is a young guy, and maybe the manager will look at it and say, right, he's just, you know, we're going through a shit run of games. He's He took him off at half-time because he was having that shocking of a game. I mean, he had a great chance, and at the beginning of the season, he would have buried that, and we'll be laughing. I saw his chance. I saw his chance. I didn't see him yeah. having that much of a mirror. But, he, like, um, he gave away... He gave, basically, the one of the goals, and film you, you might... Um, Back me on this. I think one of the goals was because he couldn't control the ball inside the area. Yeah, like he, he was at fault. Right? He had a bit of a shocker. He had a bit yeah. of a shocker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, listen, that's 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 the word on Twitter, Don. I know you're not, you know, you know. Sometimes Mersey, you ask me, Mersey, what's Mersey, don't be pissing on my chips, okay? I'm just, I, hey, listen. I'm you're the, you're the one who's you. after bringing in show who everyone else is selling. But like, let's listen. Sure. Nobody's selling chips. him because nobody owns him. Uh, <laughs> I am. Uh, I can't possibly uh, own a man with a haircut that bad. It's just just a personal thing for me. Uh, you know, Jack Grealish. Toto Cho. 
No, well, <laughs> no, 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 Cantwell, Todd Cantwell, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Justin Barnett, Jack Grealish as well. I, I can't, I can't look about haircut and cheer for points. <laughs> Phil, Phil, when you get to my stage in life, you're happy with any kind of haircut. So um, I'm, I'm not going to hold that against the guy. Um, but uh, that's all we got time for on tonight's show. Phil, thanks for coming for coming on. You've been a fantastic guest as always. Um, and folks, do make sure I'm sure you are already, but follow him at Hindu Monkey on Twitter. Um, we have been Mars. You can find at Mars zero five. Myself, you can find at the Marple Curse, and do throw our favourite Aussie Kylie. That's Kylie, not Minogue, um, who you can find at Kylie FPL. Thanks as always for listening and your continued support. Good luck in game week eleven. Adios, amigos. Brave amigos are we, brother to brother and everyone, a brave amigo.